Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, good to see you, church. It is, man. Love y'all. So here's the deal. These two services don't fit in this building today. Just telling you. Yeah, it just wouldn't have fit. I leaned over to Melissa about two songs in and said, we wouldn't have got this first service in this room also. Wouldn't have done it. You know, my job is to lead and feed. Part of that leading is vision. And so, um, when I knew that I knew that I knew, we pulled the trigger. And I want to thank you, church, for uh, doing what you're doing because you're awesome, and you've done the job, and so I'm grateful for it. So I'm going to jump into a series for the fall called The One Another's. You may be familiar with the one another's of Scripture. You've, you may or may not have heard that term. There, are, uh, there is a lot of one another's in Scripture, okay? And uh, I can hear the children from here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Mark's, Mark's pumped today. I can, it's basing behind me. I'm like, I'm like thumping over here. I feel like I'm in high school. My back seat's moving. So, um, so I, so I said, my dad's going, oh, Lord, help. But, um, and my mom's in heaven going, what in the heck? So, um, what in the world was I talking about? So, the one another's a scripture. The one another's a scripture. There's 59 one another's in scripture. Now, you can go count that this week if you're just needing something to do, or you can just trust me. All right? But there's 59 of them, and you're like, that's going to be a long fall, preacher. We're not going to do all 59, okay? I'm going to pick and choose some, some of the one another's that, that I think that are, you know, not that none of them, all of them are not important, but, but kind of jump out there a little bit further than the others. And so today, I want to start that with one that I think is pivotal in, in, in this whole thing, the one another series, and that is love. Scripture tells us to love one another. Now, <laughs> I live in the same world you do, and I drive on Coulter also, okay? <laughs> and Sansi for that matter, okay? Now, here's the say. This love thing gets harder every day. Uh, it just gets harder every day. And, but, but you know what I've had to come to terms with? This, this world is not surprising God the Father. And he's not going to rewrite because the world got weird. He still has the same charge for the church today in this broken, muffed up, weird world. Okay? So while we live amongst them, and so for some reason God thinks it takes all of us, <laughs> and it does, uh, we're called to love. We're just called to love. And uh, we were once hard to love. Maybe we still are because we're all in the woodshed, the tool shed, getting worked on by God. But, but God loved us, pursued us, and chased us. 
and took the ugly of us and loved through it. And so that's what he calls us to do. So I want you to go to a scripture, very interesting scripture, not that you haven't seen it before, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, and, and the important thing is it's 1 Corinthians. Don't go to 2, okay? It's not going to help you. So uh, 1 Corinthians 13. This text is interesting because what it says, the words in it, and that he trumps everything in this scripture by love. And he's going he's to go through a pretty good list, a very impressive list. And every one of them, he says, just not impressed. I'm only impressed with love. And it's a powerful statement. So go with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Look at verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. It is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked and thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquities, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Look at 13. For now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Man, that's quite a list. And then he trumps them. Quite a list. So I want to run through five, that really, five things that I want to just kind of little nuggets for you today. Without love, without love, all I say is ineffective. Hmm. Now you think about it. Without love, all I say is ineffective. How many of you have ever prayed, and when you got done praying, you go, whew, that's a good prayer. <laughs> I've done that before, and God's like, eh, yeah, that wasn't you, though. <laughs> Sorry to poop, pop, pop your head there. Poop, that's not you. That's not you. Scripture says you don't even want to pray without the Spirit. So uh, thank you for the compliment, Jeff. Appreciate you lavishing that on me. I've said some good stuff before. But you know what? God's view of me, God thinks of me, is not about what I say unless it's preceded with love. Unless someone knows that I absolutely love them, I should not try to impress them with my words. Because see, here's the deal. My words can never hug them but my love can. My love can get over their hard days and their tough times and love them. My words are inadequate. They, they won't ever be enough. You know, it's funny, when I was growing up, and I didn't say this in the first service, but you hear all the time when you're growing up, getting the word, getting the word, getting the word, getting the word. 
But you know when the word really takes off in your life? Obviously, after you get saved, because <laughs> you understand it. But in that salvation moment, you feel the overwhelming, unendless, unchangeable, unspeakable amount of love he has for you. And there's just something about the word on the other side of love that just makes you receive it all and take it all. The Bible, after you know he's crazy in love with you, does something different to you. You read it different, receive it different, feels different. So how about you today? You try to impress people with your words or with your love? If it's all about your words, you're backwards. Jesus says, I always let my love be first. You must love them, then they'll listen. If they don't know you love them, you're talking to a tree. Just talking to a tree. Number two, without love, all I know is incomplete. Without love, all I know is incomplete. Look at verse two. And do I have the gift of prophecy? It's a beautiful gift. I love the gift of prophecy. There are prophets among us, all right? And understand all mysteries hmm. and all knowledge and all faith. All that just trumped. All that's trumped. Doesn't matter what you know until they know how much you care. The Bible says that knowledge will puff you up and love will fill you up. I mean, some of you have been in a room and someone walks in and they take up two-thirds of the room when they come in. I'm not talking about their physical appearance. So I'm like, gosh, Jeff, that's not love. I'm not talking about that, okay? The door is no hope if that happens, okay? They'd have had to take the wall down, but that's a whole other thing. So, so I'm talking about puffed upness. They're puffed up. They, they really like themselves. They, 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 they got the, the love one another down. They love themselves a lot, okay? They come in and they're, they're just puffed up in their knowledge and their intelligence. But see, people are not attracted necessarily to a person like that. But if a person comes in and they're filled, of, filled up with love, oh man, they mean, they'll draw a crowd. They'll draw a crowd. How about you? You haughty, all-knowing, knowledge, is that who you are, or is it love? Does love arrive before all that stuff? Because if love arrives first, people will stick to you. If all that other puffed up stuff comes, mm -mm. They, they don't have to be around you to learn all that. And most of the time, they choose not to, all right? Let love trump everything you know. Now, listen, be a man or woman of the word, please. Biblical ignorance is not a beautiful thing. It's a sad thing, okay? Be a man or woman of the word, but don't let being the, having the knowledge of the word override or trump the love of the Lord. The love's what sticks, not knowledge. 
later transfer that knowledge is fine. But until you've earned the turf and they realize that you love them, they'll never want to know what you know. Because what they know that you know makes them gag. So let love come first. All right. Number three, without love, all I believe is insufficient. Without love, all I believe is insufficient. Look at the second half of uh, two. If I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. He doesn't say if I have faith. He says if you have all faith, all faith, but but you have not loved, you have nothing, nothing. Faith is cool. I mean, faith is great. Faith is, I mean, it is the, like the linchpin in the Bible. Without faith, it's impossible to what? Love God. He says, listen, you have all that. You have all that faith. I mean, you can just tell testimony after testimony after testimony about how you stepped where there was no step and God made a step and you did this. But if you don't love, I don't care about all that. That's a hard, that's a hard word, man. I mean, that almost sounds backwards almost. Because he's like, God, I have, I have great faith. I mean, aren't you proud of me for my faith? Man, my faith, God. He says, yeah, but you don't love. You don't love one another. You don't love people. My love is not in you. They don't, you have great faith, but there's nobody around you that knows you have great faith because you don't love anybody. You got to have love. Love trumps faith. All right. Number four, without love, all I give is insignificant. Somebody's like, well, you can give it to me. <laughs> what he's saying is you can't out, you, listen, money is, you can't out give love. Does that make sense to you? You can't buy love. Now, I, I love my children deeply. Natalie figured out that I love her so much that I, I'll give. <laughs> She loves that side of her dad, all right? Kind of trying to crank that spigot off a little bit, but uh, she likes that, okay? She loves that. Brett likes being the independent dude more. He's like, I'm good, dad, I'm fine. Dad's like, well, I'm not. I only have half a tank of gas. I'm like, half's better than empty. <laughs> so, so, I mean, give, I mean, money is a great thing. But listen to me, love is better. Amen. Love is better. Listen to me. Y'all see the people on the street and know people, and some of you have been so generous to give food and money and lunches and clothes and hats. But I have a buddy of mine that says, I'll never give a dollar without first giving a hug. Hmm. 
You wonder if you could ask the person what felt better, the hug or the dollar. See, they want money, but what they really want is a hug. They want a hug. See, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You just can't sign a check on love. You know, growing up with maybe a dad that his love language is write checks and give you money, that's cool for a season. But eventually you want to hear your dad say what? I love you. If you're a girl, you don't want his pocketbook as much as you want to sit in his lap. Pocketbook's cool. You have a closet full of clothes. You can never wear anything twice. It's pretty cool if you're about 18, 20. I'm going to tell you at 30, you're going to wish you could be 12 again and sit in his lap. Without love, all I give is insignificant. Number five, without love, all I accomplish is inadequate. Without love, all I accomplish is inadequate. I want you to look at uh, verse 3. Look at the second half of that. If I give my body to be burned, but have not loved, it profits me nothing. Mm. You see, love is a choice. It is. You got to choose to love. Love's an action. You see, Jesus says he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. If anyone will open the door and let him come in, he will come in and sup with us, do life with us, give relationship to us. But see, the doorknob of your heart, it's not a two-way doorknob. It's only on the inside. No one gets in unless you let them in including Jesus. So love is a choice, but it's an action. You must choose to answer that knock, and the action is you must turn it and let them in. We talk sometimes about love like it's an accident. You know, I fell in love. Okay. You can fall in a ditch, but you... You are a stupid person if you fell in love, okay? Not stupid. I know what you mean when you say that, but listen to me. You don't fall in love. I mean, when I was pursuing Melissa, I mean, how many tickets did I get? Two, three? I mean, because I was in a hurry to get there, amen? That same cop got me twice one time. He's like, you go in that same spot, see that same girl? I said, yes, sir. He goes, I'm going to write you the same ticket. I'm like... You a good dude, <laughs> sir. Right? Listen to me. We, we pursue our girls. We write letters. We write notes. We say words. We dress away. We buy things. We look good. We, we, we're making choices to fall in love. It's an action. You don't fall in them necessarily. I know what you're saying. You say the same thing I say about love one another. This, 
This world is tough to love. You needed no other poster child for that than this week as Nike. I'm like, seriously? Can you just sell some shoes? Why you got to be political? Sell stinking shoes. Why you got to do stupid stuff? Sell the dang shoe. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I'm not their advertising campaign. You can see I'm not head of advertising. So... (laughs) But, but what I'm saying is this world is muffed up, man. It's weird. It's, it's protest happy. And it just, I'm like, come on, man. And, and they're, it's hard. And it's like in your face with stuff. They can't just be something and do something. They got to throw it in your face all the time. And so it's hard. But listen to me, church. This world forward in your face and protest is not catching our God by surprise. Because in the later days, in the latter days, as the days get closer to his return, it's going to get uglier. I wish I had some good news. We should have a pretty fall. Maybe that'll help you. All right? But I'm just telling you, it's going it's to get uglier. And, and all of it is under some of this heading that they want to throw out there is love. I'm like, yeah, don't do that to me. I'm going to throw all the box of chocolates at you, you know? I mean, it's hard, but, but, but this didn't catch God by surprise because he says, greater is he that is in you, me, than he that is in this world. So because of that, we as his church can go into this world and love them. Love them. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When you love, you are not saying with your love, I agree with you. They think that. That's okay. We're not living off what they think. Trust me. We're starving. (laughs) Okay. We're not about what they think. We're called to love. They might even think we agree But when they ask us, they'll understand we do not, okay? You're not saying you agree. You're not saying with your love, I support you. I I, I don't. You're not saying, I think you're right. (laughs) You're not saying that. And you're sure not saying, if you love them, I approve. See, I have one in my family that I don't approve. You may too. But my job is not approval. My job is love. And when it sits in front of you, sometimes it's kind of difficult. But your job is to love. You see, they'll say, well, God is love. He is love. But God is truth. And you can't pick and choose which one you like. You get them all. You can't cut God up in a bunch of little pieces and say, I like this part of God, this part of God, but you can keep that God. No, you get God. And God is love, but God is truth. But here's the deal, church. They're not interested in your truth until they first know you love. What they're dying for on the inside is to hear the truth.
But what comes first is love them. When you love them, I promise you there will be a day for you to speak truth. But if you speak truth before you love, you're done. 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 I want you to go to your word, and we're going to get out of here. John 15. John 15. I want you to look at verses 12 and 13, and then we'll jump to 17. John 15, 12, 13, and then 17. You know, people make a big deal about the Bible when it's written in red. Well, if you've got one of them Bibles, you'll see the ink color on this, okay? John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. Look at 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. He doesn't say if the circumstances are right, if you agree, if you think it's okay, if you feel like it. He just says, love one another. Go back a page, or maybe two in yours. Go back to John 13. John 13, verses 34, 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. And here's the, here's the catcher. By this, not by prophecy, not by knowledge, not by understanding mysteries, not by great faith, but by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. That's powerful. All that other stuff, it's cool, gets a lot of attention, and rightly so, and I'm not throwing any of that out. I'm not saying any of that. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I'm saying. Every bit of that other stuff, he says, is not what I will recognize or what will make you my disciple. Might even prove that you're my disciple. But what will is if you love one another. That's a big word. That's a big word today for the church because it's hard today, as we talked about. But greater is he that is in us, love, than he is in that world. So as we move to a time of invitation or a time of ministry, I, 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 want, I want to throw one question on the floor for you. And that is simply this. Not, not your spouse or your kids or your friends or anybody, just you. How's your love meter in this world? How's your love meter at 505 on Coulter or on Sansi? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, <laughs> mine mirrors that sometimes. I'm trying to get the Taco Tuesday, okay? Uh, <laughs> how's your love meter? How's your love meter? 
He said, well, I wear the T-shirt and I have the bumper sticker and I honk if I love Jesus. He says, that's a great. But do you love him? Do you love him like I loved him? Do you love him? Church, we've got to learn that we've got to love one another. In here, yes, and out there. If we're going to love in here, we've got to go out there and love. If we're going to love out there, we've got to love in here. All right? Got to love one another. So when you bow your head, close your eyes. If you're a worship team, obviously, you can come on up. If you're part of ministry team today, if you're a couple down front, you can make your way up here if you want to. Simple question. How's my love meter? Don't ask other people. Ask the Father. Am I loving people? Do I love people? I really love them. It's hard, God. You know that. But do I, God, I want to love them. I want to love them like you love them. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. If you need to come this morning, maybe you're just facing some stuff. It's hard. It's heavy. You don't want to go alone. You'd be brave enough to come up here and let us pray over you, agree with you. Maybe you're facing surgery this week. Somebody to pray for you. Maybe you've come and you said, man, it's a cool church. I want, to just, I want this church to be my home. You can come this morning as well. But most importantly, I want you right where you are as we stand in worship after the prayer is just to answer that question. God, how's my love meter doing, man? I really love people. Teach me to love people. It's the greatest commandment. Love one another. Father, this morning, God, we, we want to love like you love. It's hard in this world, but God, I think it was probably hard for you too. They did stuff to you and said stuff to you and thought stuff of you and talked behind your back and they spit on you and they drove nails in your hand and feet, shoved the thorn on your head and spear in your side and mocked you from the cross, but you never stopped loving them. God, for us as your church, that's how we need to love. No matter what they say about us and what they think about us, our job is to love them. May we love them to the cross. God, as we stand in worship, I pray you move us during this invitation time for your glory and your honor. For this is my prayer in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 